Hello and welcome to all my fellow nature nerds. I'm your host, Meredith Meeker, and this is another episode of How Do I Do This? An Environmental Career Podcast. I love getting to connect with people who are passionate about protecting our environment. It is one of the reasons why I have loved working with ELB. It feels really awesome when you are able to connect with a community of like-minded people. And this week's guest is another fellow ELB board member, and I am stoked to have her on. Candace Affleck is the lands technician at St. Clair Region Conservation Authority. She got her undergraduate degree at the University of Windsor and her postgraduate certificate in ecosystem restoration at Niagara College. Growing up on a small hobby farm outside of Windsor sparked her passion for nature and made her want to pursue a career in ecosystem restoration. So let's get into it. All right, Candace, thank you so much for being with me today. Before we start this off, can I get you to just say your full name and your pronouns? My name is Candace Affleck, and I take she or her pronouns. Thank you. And we were talking about the sunshine before this all started. So can you talk about maybe what your favorite activity or thing to do in nature that really helps you feel connected? One of my favorite things is definitely to go for hikes. I love just being in the forest surrounded by nature. It's so nice to just reset your mind sometimes. I also love being anywhere near the Great Lakes doing anything. Yeah, we're pretty fortunate where we are that we're so close to so many of the Great Lakes. And you kind of feel like, I don't know, a bit of a tourist maybe when you go visit ones that you don't live nearby. It's, I think, really cool. And there's such a neat thing about living in Ontario that I don't think get enough credit. No, they definitely don't. So, Candace, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, you know, what it is that you do and maybe why it is what you do is so important? So I currently work for the St. Clair Region Conservation Authority and my position is called the Lands Technician. I'm in charge of digitalizing and organizing all of the documents that pertain to our foundation properties. So these are properties that have been donated by landowners and some of them do have public access but some of them don't. So previously all of our documents were kept in filing cabinets. So I'm just digitalizing all of those and getting them up into our systems so that they're accessible. And so I work with documents like land transfers, deeds, management agreements, rental agreements, and donors' wishes. And then I start updating management plans, which is really the fun part for me. <laughs> so what, for somebody who doesn't know, what kind of goes into a management plan? So a little bit of everything. It encapsulates the history on how the property was acquired. If there are donors' wishes, we make sure that it aligns with that. And it kind of gives you a plan for the future. So ours are typically five to 10 year plans. So it gives us a direction to head in and a certain milestones to hit. <laughs> Very cool. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about where is this I don't know if everybody's familiar with this conservation authority, especially since we have a lot of listeners in the GTA. So maybe like where in the world you're located and maybe one of like the major water courses in your watershed as well. Yeah. So we are located just outside of London, Ontario. The office is based out of Strathroy, Ontario, which is a smaller community. But our main river course is the Sydenham River and obviously the St. Clair River that flows between Lake Huron and Lake St. Clair. 
So our watershed's pretty large. It goes from Strathroy west to Sarnia, south down to Dresden and Wallaceburg, and then kind of back up. So it's a pretty big section, and it's really cool to get to know the area. We're predominantly farmland, but there are quite a few woodlots within as well. Amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in the western part of our province or southwestern part <laughs> of our province, so I think that's um, really cool to learn a little bit more about the watersheds there. What I have heard, and I mean, I know you didn't say that you worked in this area, so feel free to not answer this question, but isn't like the Sydenham, I don't think I said that right, Sydenham River really important for mussel species? Like they have a lot of endangered mussels out that way. Yes, there are lots of endangered mussels in the Sydenham River. I haven't had the chance to actually work with that, but there, we've got some mussel specialists that work in the office with me. So they're a treat to talk to and gain some knowledge from. Very, very cool. And I guess there's probably a lot of other endangered species out that way. So very important to have those like donated lands and management plans for them. So obviously what you're doing is really important. And maybe could you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are now working for a conservation authority? For sure. So if we start at the beginning, I grew up in a small town just outside of Windsor on a little hobby farm. My parents decided to retire some of the farmland and plant trees on it. So I remember as a little kid going to the Conservation Authority and getting saplings and then carrying them around in five gallon pails around the property to plant them. So these little trees actually grew up with myself and my siblings and my mom and dad had mowed a trail through them to make us like a a little campsite so that was our little hangout spot growing up and it was always so so comforting and then coming out of high school I actually had no idea what I wanted to do I played around with the idea of a little bit of everything but ended up applying to the University of Windsor for three different programs and ended up settling on environmental studies so I graduated in 2017 with a Bachelor of Environmental Studies in Resource Management and a minor in Anthrozoology, which is animal-human relations. And during the summers, I would work for the local conservation authority, tree planting on private land, both mechanically and hand planting. And then the summer of 2016, I picked up a contract with NRSI and I was completing post-construction surveys around wind turbines and the nearby habitats. So after graduating, I kind of hopped around the two employers, both NRSI and IRCA, taking contracts, doing a little bit of everything. So it was planting trees, conducting the searches, marching through muddy fields getting to the site before sunrise just to help out with some breeding bird surveys, collecting garbages, cleaning up dump tires and garbage from the, the Ojibwe Prairie Complex, which is an awesome spot, and carrying around chainsaws to remove invasive autumn olive and buckthorn in the Ojibwe Prairie as well. So then after holding these contracts and kind of bumping around between all of these short little cup contracts, I came to the conclusion that in order to get a longer or more permanent position, I would need more identification skills because that was what I was noticing in the people that were above me in positions that I wanted to get to. 
So in 2018, I decided to go back to school. So I went to Niagara College for the Ecosystem Restoration Graduate Certificate. So it's an eight month program and it's filled with real life projects and they prepare you for the real workplace for sure. I gained lots of certifications and skills from this program and met lots of super great friends that I still talk to today. After school, I moved back to my parents and continued applying for jobs as as one typically does. <laughs> the contract field is a little tricky sometimes, but I actually tried to make it fun by, if I went for an, an interview, I would try to explore the area a little bit after the interview, which made it a little bit more fun and interesting. But I ended up landing a contract in London with Upper Thames Conservation Authority, where I was maintaining the environmentally significant areas within the city, which was a change of pace because I had never lived in such a large city and I had never worked in natural areas in such a large city, which was really cool to me. Like I remember going to Warbler Woods for the first time and seeing a pair of pileated woodpeckers and I was just like, I'm in the middle of a city, like how? <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but it's definitely awesome to have those little pockets within uh, the city. And then COVID hit. So I found myself shifting gears and looking for work again. So I picked up a summer contract with the Canadian Freshwater where I helped plan a COVID friendly event to help raise awareness for the health of the Great Lakes. And took another contract with NRSI after that helping out with post-construction surveys for a few months. And then I ended up taking a job creation partnership position with St. Clair Region Conservation Authority. So that position was a few months long and that was actually developing the structure of the management plan template that I use today in my current position. But after that job creation partnership, I got offered a longer contract position. So that led me to where I am today. Like quite a lot. And I feel like you've been over a lot of like Southwestern Ontario, whether it's with conservation authorities or consulting. And I mean, I myself have done those post-construction uh, monitoring for, for wind turbines and it's grueling work, but you get a lot of really valuable skill sets from it, especially like being able to show that you can handle a lot of field work. So that's definitely valuable. And yeah, you get to see a little bit more about consulting. And I guess the same would be true for the short-term contracts with the conservation authorities. And you get to really build up your network. But Candace, I kind of want to go back. I'm just curious about what the programs were that you applied for for your undergrad. You said you applied for four and it sounded uh, like you landed on a really cool combination, but just curious. Yeah. So I was actually looking into being a paramedic. So I had applied to college for that. And then I applied for a bachelor in business and a bachelor of arts as well as the environmental studies. So I could have went in completely different directions, but <laughs> I'm glad I picked environmental studies for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just so curious because, you know, for some people, this is like one path of many, you know, we talked to Matt Dyson and he he started in business and then totally ended up switching gears. So I just like hearing about, you know, other options or maybe potential paths people could have gone down. But I mean, sounds like from 
basically seeing your parents restore forest on their property. Maybe this was something you were meant to do. <laughs> yeah, it kind of feels that way, which is, is really nice in hindsight. A little bit of fate, I guess. <laughs> and do you have any advice that you wish you could go back and give yourself, you know, before you started your... Uh, yeah. I don't know if I would have listened, but I really wish I could have told myself that stressing really doesn't help anything. Because I remember being between between contracts however many times and always stressing that like, oh, I'm, something else isn't going to pop up or like, how am I ever going to like make this work? Like, I can't pay rent if I don't have a contract, blah, blah, blah. But I was lucky enough to have a support network. So if I ever needed to, I could move back in with my parents and stuff does just come along. Just keep retrying. And if you if you don't end up getting a contract, it's totally okay to pick up a position not in the field. Yeah, I think uh, the the first couple of years, like when you are working, is so stressful. Job applications are stressful. Waiting to hear back, like seeing your contract, you know, coming up to an end is stressful, but you're right. Like I remember I laid off from a consulting position because the environmental group just folded. It wasn't viable anymore and feeling like, oh my gosh, that's it. I'm never going to be a ecologist or biologist again. And just feeling very fatalistic about it, which does not actually help. I think it's natural to have those feelings, but it doesn't help. And, you know, I was back in the field within, within a month. So <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'd say it's 2020, but um, yeah, it might be a hard piece of advice, but if you can take it, please do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Candace, what does like a typical day look like for you? So every day is a little different for me. It definitely depends on what needs to be done. Some days are spent at home or in the office, reading through and scanning in our while others are spent out in the field doing maintenance on our properties or gathering information for our management plan updates. Every now and then I get to help out other departments, which is really nice as well. <laughs> it's very nice that like you're already back in an office or at least like part-time because you do kind of get to have those serendipitous, you know, occasions where you get to help out with other people and I love I love getting to experience other people's environmental work, especially if it's not something I'm an expert in. I really love going out with an expert. Exactly. Yes, it's it's definitely a treat. And what would you say, you know, that's your typical day, but like what's your favorite part of your job or the best part of your job? Uh, the best part of my job is probably helping create restoration plans for the properties. I love being able to envision improved habitat and implementing best management practices on our lands so that they can benefit either downstream or the area in general. Yeah, it must be like kind of a crazy feeling getting to like help the environment and actually get to shape what it's going to look like for future generations, especially if it's for the better. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So that's like the highlight, the best part, but not every job is all sunshine and rainbows. So what's the most challenging part or maybe unexpected part of your job? It definitely can get a little bit dry at times looking at legal documents and looking at all of the printed email chains that like the people before us used to print off. So some days I do wish I was out in the field 
doing some more field work, <laughs> but it works out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, you know, there's a lot of legal classes or anything like that that we end up taking as part of our environmental education. And yet knowing the importance of a contract or like how our policy system works is actually really important. So yeah, it might not be the most exciting, but definitely like a great skill to be developing. And speaking of skill sets, is there a particular skill set that you think helped you break into the industry or that you think might help others? I think the identification skills was one of the things that really helped me break into the industry. Yeah, it helped me be more confident in knowing what I was talking about, but also being able to pick out different species and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah, I think once again, that's something that's kind of like missing from our university or like formal education is a lot of identification classes or and then you know, you get out into the field to be able to make recommendations for something like a restoration plant. You actually need to know what's there and what should be there, or what shouldn't be there. So those ID skills like are, are so important and very, very practical. And yes. they're kind of fun. I think they're a really fun skill to like sharpen. <laughs> they're so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it involves being outdoors. And so Candace, it sounds like you have some experience not only applying for jobs, but being the successful candidate for, you know, yeah. these contracts and things. Is there something that you've done to make your application stand out? Or is there advice that you would give to someone who wants to make their application pop? Um, I got some advice back in the day to try to make your resume as neat and easy to read as possible without having too many bullet points because bullet points are kind of boring to look at. So I try to do that and then I've added a little bit of color to my resume just to kind of make it stand out from the black and white ones. And I've heard that italics can work as well. But in addition to that, when I was at Niagara College, they actually told me to focus on how each position helped you grow and less on the exact duties that you completed within the position. And I thought that that was very helpful because I kept finding myself wanting to list like each individual duty that I had, like go collect garbages on Fridays, like go do this. And like, that's so boring for the reader and for you. So <laughs> those are really great, like practical advices. You could really see how having an easy to read resume that pops will like literally make you stand out in the pile, but showing your growth that's not something people will be able to actually necessarily infer unless you tell them. So I think that's a great piece of advice. All right, well, we've reached um, the point of the interview where we're going to switch gears just a little bit and we're going to move away from these career type questions. And I want to hear about your favorite nature moment. We call it nature because nature is so neat. So it can either be while you were working or just out exploring on your own. So my absolute favorite nature moment is actually from my time at Niagara College. I was in a group that got to design and build a vernal pool on campus as one of our projects. So we were hoping for it to provide additional breeding habitat for mole salmon, and we monitored it daily. And at the end of the school year, we were kind of losing hope, didn't see any kind of signs of use or anything. 
And then we went out one night to see if we could catch them in the act and found multiple spotted salamanders breeding inside our little pool that we built. And from that day forward, counting egg masses was the most exciting part of my day. And and my whole group, like we were so excited. But yeah, to this day, that still excites me. And it's it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> that is, I mean, I have not seen that many salamanders. So like one that's cool just because you saw them Two, the added factor of like you literally built habitat and you saw it be successful in I mean it's an eight-month program so that's unreal really to to see the success of that do you know if they've continued to do any monitoring or if it's continued to be used I know that the plan was to continue to monitor it but I haven't actually heard whether or not it's still working or even still there. Hopefully it didn't get washed out. But yeah, I really hope that it's still contributing and existing. I'll have to head back soon. I've been meaning to. (laughs) Time to drop them an email and be like, hey, what's the update on this? Yeah. Just curious, was there any particular element or something that you think made the design successful or? Well, it was at the base of the escarpment and it was right next to another vernal pool that was already being used. So we made it, it was significantly smaller than the other vernal pool. I think it was just the fact that it dried up seasonally and provided that nice little ponded area for them to come down to and breed in. Niagara College, we've talked to a couple of graduates now from the Ecosystem Restoration Program. And something that is, I think, very undervalued is the fact that it's right at the base of the Niagara Escarpment. And it's such a cool biodiverse pocket just being on campus. Yeah, you can have your favorite nature moment while you're studying. So I think that's very, very cool. Yeah. And Candice, I mean, we kind of talked about, you know, the stress of going contract to contract and really trying to break into this industry. So what keeps you inspired or you know, what keeps you going and keeps you motivated? I think seeing restoration projects be successful and knowing that they can be successful definitely keeps me inspired, whether they're ones that I was involved in or even just ones in the area that I know about that I can go and I think that's predominantly what makes me stay inspired and pumped up about it. I think restoration has this, it's, it's a really hopeful field I think within the environmental industry, it's the hope that we can make things better and that we can fix things that we've broken in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important. Like I think restoration work is it's a really important aspect of this field. Yes, it's definitely very important to get some habitats back into our areas. We talked about hiking and things, but do you have a favorite habitat type that you enjoy exploring or if you could specialize in the type of restoration that you would pick? Ooh, I really enjoy wetland creation. I think it's really, really cool, but I also equally enjoy tree planting. So (laughs) it's kind of tricky, but I enjoy going back to some of the sites that I helped out with when I was tree planting for IRCA. There's a couple really large sites that I are open to the public. So I visit them when I'm home and yeah, they're, They're really nice to watch grow up, for sure. 
we typically think about how long it takes for trees to grow and reach maturity, which is true. But you can see the growth year over year. I mean, even when I had my backyard and I planted a red bud and like also a bunch of willows, it was amazing to see the growth in the trees like year after year. I almost wanted to have like one of those measuring sticks that you measure your kids on and be like, oh my gosh, it grew six inches this year. I mean, the willows were insane. They grew like feet every year, but uh, red bud, not so much, but it was very happy and, and very cool. Well, Candace, thank you so much for chatting with me. Before I let you go, if someone wanted to get involved with your organization or learn more about ecosystem restoration, conservation authorities, what should they do? What should they check out? Well, you can definitely check out St. Clair Region Conservation Authority's website at scrca.on.ca or conservationontario.ca kind of shows a little bit of all of the conservation authorities and niagaracollege.ca if you're interested in the ecosystem restoration program specifically. Thank you so much, Candace. I really enjoyed this conversation. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Candace, for sitting down with me and sharing your experiences. And if you want to hear more stories like Candace's and learn about opportunities in the environmental field, don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to find out more about cool job opportunities and events. Okay, that's all for me. Talk to you again next week. Until then, happy trails. <laughs>